Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to episode 151. That's right. I looked ahead of time. I know the answer. We're at 151. It's the Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. I'm Christine. Congratulations on 151 episodes. And congratulations on realizing that it is 151 episodes. I'm, I'm more impressed with myself for that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I never know, but every time I hear it, it simultaneously seems too high and, and too, too low. low. Yes, because we've been doing this for a while, and I feel like most... Uh, podcasts that do it this long are at like 792. Yes. But yeah, we just, we, you know, we, we record when we want to, man. Okay. Like you can't tell us what to do. We're on our own calendar. It's true. We're free spirits. Yeah. Plus I don't always keep track of special episodes and I occasionally uh, miss number episodes. So again, when I say 151, it might actually be 732. Who can say? Uh, not me. Indeed. Uh, Christine, what can you say? What are we uh, doing today on this episode? Oh, I think we're just talking about things that we've recently watched. Yeah, that's right. So I think we last did this in early June. It is now mid to late July, depending on your concept of where the middle is. I guess we're we're like three quarters of the way through, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So good month and then some of movies and TV and all that other stuff. <laughs> Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Do you want to break it up by genre, by uh, when you watch stuff? What do you want to do, Christina? I can tell you right at the start, my list is about seven-eighths horror, and then like one-eighth a few other things. So. Oh, okay. Well, do you want to talk about horror stuff then? And then if I have anything else, or when we have other stuff, we can just kind of sure. mush it in? All right. Uh, so hit me with your first horror. What you got? Um, I will go with something... So I'm still rewatching a lot. I'm mm-hmm. really just kind of stuck in that. But Nothing wrong with I, that. Yeah, you know, we're getting to an age where even movies that I, I remember vividly seeing in the theater, I look and it was it was 11 years ago. And I was <laughs> like, maybe I should look at this again. Time is moving now. I didn't <laughs> used to do that. Yeah. So I did watch um, something new to me uh, called Amulet. Oh, that's. Not, I feel like I've seen the poster for that. It is like a nun with scary wings. Yeah, that sounds about right. What did you um, think of this movie? I loved it. Ooh, really? Yes, I I liked it quite a bit. Hmm. Um, yeah, I I can see where people wouldn't love it. Um, oh, this is directed and written by Romola Garay, or I have no idea if I'm saying her name right, but. Uh, an actress who you and I both like a lot. Yeah, I had no idea who that... Her name looked familiar, and I thought... Oh, well, you love her. Is... Angel. Remember yeah. the movie Angel? Um, she was that. She's an atonement. She's the middle age, or middle age in the movie, briny, dirty dancing Havana Nights, lest you forget. I, it, the name looked familiar, but I thought it was... Because this movie is from 2020. I thought, like, oh, maybe I've heard 
or seen enough about this movie where now I'm just like, I recognize that name. Right. So I didn't really look who it was until well after. And I was just shocked that she made this movie and it made me fall in love with her a little bit. This is the weirdest. It's aggressively weird. It's, it's really strange. It's very, I mean, it's very feminist in my opinion. Um, I thought it was phenomenal. It was, kind of it was dark and kind of gross and kind of mean and kind of weird and and again like i'm scrolling right now and the reviews on letterboxd are some of them are just absolutely awful this is her yes yeah, her directorial debut and mm-hmm. it's like you're saying it's an actual horror movie yes nice that's it's, exciting it's like a it's a it's like a weird... christine is it an elevated horror movie is that what you'd call it no, I mean, I don't know what people mean elevator. when they say that. They, so, people, no, what, what people mean is this movie was really good. Like, it was really well acted. It was really well made. But it, it was kind of, it, but it was a horror movie. So it's not like, I can't, like, call it a horror movie, right? It's, it's, it's not really a horror movie. So it's elevated horror. That's what, that's what people mean when they say elevated horror. Well, I mean, I guess, like, it's, it's, there are parts of it that could be just like a, like a period drama or like, like a, like a like a war story kind of but it gets aggressively weird have you seen a dark song i love a dark song i love that soundtrack to a dark song is one of my favorite things in the world i i i love it too and and it's definitely weird and different yeah oh yeah it tackles subject matter in a different way i i would say that this is similar i i'm not saying they're the same by any means Mm -hmm. but they gave me similar feelings i really liked it and it seems like people that i respect and trust really liked it Mm. but it's that type of movie where if you just if you were just a regular person and you just went into it and you were inclined to maybe not like things from a more female perspective Mm -hmm. or not or or like i mean it's 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 i liked it a lot i would be curious to see what you yeah i'm definitely gonna watch it i remember i think i saw i i I must have seen you talk about it on twitter and i thought oh i should check that out and completely forgot about it but i will 100 percent take a watch of that nice um all right so on the topic of movies that we really liked (laughs) then Mm -hmm. i'll go with one next this was on amazon prime at the time i don't know if it still is because i think i might have watched it because it was going off of amazon prime Mm -hmm. uh but this movie was like just of delight on all sides. Uh, let's see. It is now rentable on Amazon Prime. Uh, so it is from 1973, starring Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. But it is not a hammer horror. It is not vampires. It is none of that. This is essentially a mystery with crazy body swap elements. This is a movie called Nothing But the Night. Have you oh, ever heard of it? Oh, that sounds fun. I loved this. Uh, it is, there is a um, orphanage uh, where there is a bus accident and the, the kids are okay, but it seems like, well, that was kind of weird. Like somebody might've been trying to kill them. And meanwhile, all of these different adults that are involved in the orphanage are, are turning up dead. And there's kind of one little girl who seems to kind of have some answers, but she's, ha- she's amnesic. She doesn't have them. Uh, Christopher Lee is the, is the like retired detective who's just kind of shows up and says, okay, I'll help out. Peter Cushing is the like head doctor at the asylum where this is all going down. Um, I don't want to spoil things because there are definitely like plot twists that I was like, are we, go- 
did Jordan Peele see this movie? Like, there, there's certain things about this that feel really modern. Mm. Um, th- it has a crazy ending. Like, my jaw dropped at the final shot because it, for a 1973 movie, goes pretty dark. But it is just a delight. There is a um, sassy reporter who dresses really well. There is a um, former a murderous slash retired sex worker who just has this, like, really, again, kind of attitude about her and, and she was my favorite thing in the world i loved this movie i think you would really dig it it's got like all of those elements that you like um tr- try to find it somewhere it's three bucks to rent on amazon right now well it might be worth it then yeah um, i loved it oh that sounds really good yeah, what you it said it was from the late 70s 73 73 early 70s oh, kind of i guess right <laughs> af kind of where is that in terms of hammer is that sort of at the ebb or the flow of it I think it's at the ebb, but I'm not, that's not my genre, surprisingly. Same. Well, and that's the thing, like, I, I love the two of them to death, and I will really, anytime the two of them are on camera together, it's a joy, but that's often at the cost of not being a good movie. Sometimes yeah. they're in a movie where they're the best things in it, and when they can be in a scene together, everything is a 10, but then you have 80 minutes around them that is a 2, that it can yeah. be a slog. Yeah. But this, and both of them, like, they're really, neither one of them is really the lead. Um, there's a lot of other things going on, and there's, what's really funny, too, is that this is, I guess, Wicker Man of 74? Like, they're, like the ending involves, like, has a certain Wicker Man feel to it. Mm. I don't know. It's it's really fun. It's and it's a great mystery. Like it it reads to me like a Christine movie. So I'd highly recommend Yeah, that it all it all sounds mm. like things I like, honestly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You got another horror? I do. Um I watched The Changeling. The uh nineteen eighty. Nice, nice. I it's funny, we've been watching The Wire. And yeah. I just watched an episode, and I said, hey, that director, he's the guy who directed a random episode. That's the guy who directed The Changeling. And one of our favorite Masters of Horror episodes, The Washingtonians. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it had been one of those movies where I've just kind of given into it. Like, if there's a movie that I feel like for decades I've wanted to watch or felt like I should mm-hmm. watch, I just kind of wait for it to happen organically. Because sometimes something I've waited 10 years to watch, I'll, I'll put on and it'll be, like, strangely relevant to my current sure situation so i just kind of vibe with it and let it happen and that's 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 where i was with this i was like eventually i'll watch this movie mm-hmm. um and it's great i mean everybody said it was great and i thought it i was like i probably think this was great i mean technically it's in seattle even though i don't think it really is mm, yeah but but it also makes me i don't want to really get into this but uh, i i haunted house movies especially like big like old dark house haunted house movies it always is remarkable to me how much of Stephen King's stuff he's taken from other people that's Mm. just my observation and I don't really want to talk anymore about it because I know how people are about (laughs) that person but like this was just another one where I was like too many of these things are uncannily like other things but I liked it nice changeling is one that I think it was really hyped for me. So when I was at, and I'm saying this like, you know, when I was nine, friends told me it was the scariest movie they'd ever seen. So then when oh, I was 10 and yeah. I watched it, um, it did, I, you know, in many ways, The Changeling might be my origin story as far as being disappointed by a helpful ghost. <laughs> right? Because huh. The Changeling is, it is, it is a beautifully made movie and it, it really is that's, yeah that's, it's undeniable it's gorgeous it has i mean everybody remembers the bouncing ball like yep. there are some really stunning things in there that take your breath away 
And then it, and I'm not, I don't want to spoil anything, but most people have seen the changeling. I won't go too deep into it, but let's just say the monster is not necessarily, if memory serves, and again, it's been probably 10 years since I watched it, uh, the reveal of like kind of who's really evil was one of those like, but I know human beings are evil. I, I'm not, I don't, I didn't come here for a movie about scary human beings. I came here for a movie about ghosts. And so that was one that I think, in hindsight, might have been the origin of me being like, oh, it's a helpful ghost movie, you know. And and I and I get I get your perspective with that. It's just I guess for so long, being afraid of like ghost things or what mm-hmm. sca- has like scared me historically the most in scary movies. Like sure. I don't get scared by Frankenstein's or like vampires aren't scary to me. And yeah, like. But it's always been ghosts, so I think there's a, a, always been a bit of comfort to, like, the reframing of, like, well, not all ghosts are scary, but, like, if you don't have, like, a deep-seated fear of, of ghosts... Well, I think it's... You know, that's the thing. Like, I'm scared of ghosts, like, because I can't fight a ghost. If a ghost came here and started beating me up, what am I going to do? What am I going to do, Christine? I got nothing. Sure. Whereas sure. if a person came in here and, it, you know, I might not be able to beat... If a madman came in and started trying to kill me... I might still not be able to beat him, but at least I'd know where to stab, you know? No, I know. <laughs> I I just, I, I get, I get, it's always going to be interesting to me, like, mm-hmm. because I thought, like, Helpful Ghost, universally beloved, and when you're like, I don't really like Helpful Ghost, it really puts <laughs> into perspective how, how subjective a yeah. lot of, a lot of stuff is. Yeah, Definitely. Um, I think on that note, I'll go to one, another, uh, a haunting of a different kind, but it is a haunted house movie. And it's one that you really liked that I had not heard things about, but because you were up for it, I'm like, well, I trust Christine. Let me see. And I'm happy to say I also really liked it. And it was The Deep House. Oh, I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah. I thought it was really effectively done. It, it's funny because I didn't realize until like halfway through, I'm like, okay, who, who made this movie? Like, because it feels it's found footage. This is the haunted underwater mansion movie for those who don't know. I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, it's found footage, but this has a budget. Like, because nobody is yeah, making an sure. underwater movie like this if you don't have a couple of million to spare on it. And then I realized it's the guys that did Inside. Yeah. Um, which is a movie we recovered maybe a year or two ago that we could both kind of revisit it and said like oh this didn't hold up so well so i was pleased i I thought this was scary i thought this was cool it it did some really smart things that that you have to do in a movie like this which is establish everything you need to know it tells you how much air supply they have it tells you how long this character can hold their breath it tells you like what's going to happen if this happens and it it's weird right it's it's a twist on a haunted house it's a twist on murders it's has all these kind of slightly different things going to where I'm like, why didn't people like this movie? I I feel the same way. I think I had heard I had heard people say that it was like it relied too heavily on a, on on the water gimmick, but I didn't. Like you're the... fucking underwater. Of course you're gonna rely on that. That's going to kill you. And it's strange to ha- to see it like kind of framed like the water was a gimmick. Like the water changes the nature of the story. Completely, yeah. <laughs> So I don't know that it's a gimmick. And it's like also, saying the cars in the Fast and the Furious are a gimmick. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but like it's not just a haunted house. Like they yeah. they establish other things, and and I and I so again something that surprised me: more people didn't like it because it literally did the thing. It 
gave you the origin of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it explains stuff. Yeah. In a lot of movies that are just weird or haunted, I I, I often see the the criticism. Well, I don't. I'm, it was too vague. It was too open ended. I mean, that's what everybody said about the turning. I don't know if anything really happened mm-hmm. or what. But this was like explicit. Yeah. And people still didn't people still like, it. like it. And it wasn't directed by women, so who knows I, what I people's really problem was. I didn't get it because I thought it was. So found footage stuff can still really scare me. Like I I say, Grave Encounters is one of like scariest movies I've ever Mm -hmm. seen. And Blair Witch still scares me sometimes. But like this one legitimately, I was like, this is a scare. I'm a, I'm a scared at this movie. Well, I felt so scared. And I appreciated, and again, this is where you could tell that this had a budget. It is found footage. It's not cheating in what it's showing you. Yeah. It does. I mean, there is a score to this movie, which I didn't mind because it built the movie. And they don't necessarily, like, it's found footage. It didn't, in a way, it didn't have to be found footage because there is no necessarily reveal around finding the tapes or watching this video but it just made sense that okay this is the narrative we're taking you into it this style because it's a really this is a story that we can tell this way and it's really compelling if we're we're limiting it this way and it's fun and you could see everything like i mean i have a lot of low budget movies on my list this week where i was like yeah the problem was i couldn't see what was going on and in this one like it's lit well it looks great it yeah, but it still yeah. does feel like no well, we they established that they have good cameras this all makes sense to me it, yeah uh, yes all the all the things that i would would be looking to be like Meh, i feel like it all got covered in like and the characters' attitudes and actions were all explained. I just, uh, I thought it was really well done. And yeah. it shocked me that more people were like, this is, it came out around the same time, in my mind at least, as The Night House, mm. which I, I kept I getting them confused. I still haven't watched The Night House. Everybody, people everybody that I house. talk to really likes The Night House, and I don't necessarily get it. Mm. And I'm really like excited to watch it and more. see where I land. Yeah, I would, you know, if you do like it, honestly, I would be up for rewatching it and talking about it. Nice. Because I don't get what, there's another one on my list that I'm not quite sure I understand mm. what other people are seeing in a movie. Nice. What, what's that one? Tell me that one. Let's go there. It is um, Watcher. Watcher. Watcher, so, Watcher. What is Watcher? Watcher, sorry, I had it, like, literally right here, and I scrolled away from it. Um, okay. It is... Maika Monroe. Maika Monroe. And uh-huh. um, it's... I am not going to say that it is not very good. It is very good. But people are wild for it. Uh, like, this is Cl- uh, Chloe Acuno, who mm-hmm. did um, the segment I think we both really liked in... In VHS. In VHS, yeah, 94. Yeah. And it, look, the direction of this movie, there's nothing wrong with it. I just, people are connecting to it on this, like, really deep mm. level. And I was like, that was a competently made movie. So it makes me wonder if I missed something. Because this happened with, um, this happens a lot. But it happened with um, specifically thinking about that movie that we just covered. And it's about the girls, uh, Black Coat's Daughter. Black Coat's Daughter, yeah. Where I'm like, what movie did everybody Yeah, I want to watch that movie. <laughs> But but people seemed really uh, like into it. That's kind of how I'm deciding on what I watch these days. Yeah. I just look and see if people I trust are saying something good about it because I've been burned by a lot of more, you know, from ni- 2019 to, to now, a lot of the movies just aren't hitting. Yeah. So I'm kind of just waiting and seeing what people like. And people were, I don't know if you've heard people talking about it, but and Maika Monroe is amazing in it. 
it, that's not the problem at all. It's not the cast. It's not the acting. It's not the script. It's just it felt like a like a a movie I've seen. Mm. It didn't it didn't do any. It didn't hit me emotionally, and it didn't hit me in any like original kind of like oh this is this was the story we needed. But again, I seem to be the minority. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll watch it, because I, I had meant to just because I listened to an interview with her, and I was like, okay, this is excite, exciting new yeah. presence I'd like to follow. Um, I'd completely forgotten, because I have not seen many people talk about it since a couple of weeks ago, I guess, when it kind of came out, wherever it came out. Mm-hmm. But, okay, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try that one. Yeah, let, let me know, because uh, even on, even on um, Letterboxd, like, I'm looking at it right now, and it says similar films. And they're all there. What lies beneath the gift? Invisible. <laughs> all Man. those movies you love, yeah. They're all movies I really like. So again, you know, part of the viewing experience is on the viewer. Sometimes the viewer just ain't in the right space, sure. and yeah. very possible. Interesting. Um, all right, so I'll go with a movie that. I, this one I think I had the opposite effect on because this was a movie that I had heard a huge buildup for. Um, I think it was released on Shutter in March and like all in like February and January, people on Twitter who had seen this at festivals were talking about it as like, oh, this is the most intense horror film in, in years. And then by the time it came out, people had seen it to where they said, oh, it's all right. So then I'm like, all right, good. So now I'm going into this with pretty mild expectations. And that's kind of where I fell on it. I'm like, oh, it's all right. Uh, and that is The Sadness. Oh, I haven't seen it. Um, It's good. Like, I, I, there are people who, it, it's similar where I'm like, this isn't a bad movie by any means. Like, this is a really intense, very violent zombie outbreak. And you can say, mm-hmm. oh, they're not zombies. Like, whatever, they're zombies. It's 28 Days Later-ish. There's infections. There's... It's blood transfused, and then you... I love all this stuff. Yeah, and it's but, and it's super, like, super violent, where, like, yes, this is probably one of the most violent films I have seen in several years. Um, really well done. The gore is really well done. Um, very gushy, very... Like, I tend to watch... This was subtitled anyway, but I usually have subtitles on, so, like, I've gotten very used to, like, squelching and all of, like, the different terms yeah. they use now for it. <laughs> and, like, this entire movie is just that. Like, it's just orifices that are getting, like, punched through and squeezed and so on. Um, I think something I thought was very strong about this movie was that the lead... You know, it's a, you know, boyfriend-girlfriend who are, or a part in the city. This rage virus is going on, and they're trying to get to each other. And the movie makes a very smart choice, which is it has both of them early on in the movie help other people so that you know, oh, these are two good people. It's not just that they're hot and the movie has decided these are the people we're going to follow. The it, That is the case, but also, like, they're good-hearted people who have tried to help others in, in this time. And I think a lot of movies don't, a lot, especially horror, doesn't think to do that. And it makes you watch a movie and say, these characters are assholes. Why yeah, Why yeah. do I care if anything happens to them? Yeah. Uh, so I think that was important. Um, the I thought the lead actress was especially very good. Uh, it's, you know, it's because I had such crazy expect. like I walked into it thinking like, oh, this is going to be the most intense thing I ever saw. Like it's, yeah, it, it goes pretty far. Um, it's fine. Like it's, it's exciting. There are a lot of good sequences that are pretty intense and pretty suspenseful. So... You know, but it's it's also really gross. It's also really violent. Um, 
there is a sexual violence element to it, but I don't, it didn't feel exploitive. It felt Mm -hmm. like, oh no, this is part of what this is, is that you just basically, it removes any inhibitions you had whatsoever and taps into whatever the darkest side of you is. So if that side means you want to rape someone, you are going to rape somebody. Um, but I don't think it's weird to say when you're talking about a movie like this of like, but it's kind of tasteful. Like, I don't know. Like it's, it's gross and horrible, but it doesn't feel like it's cheap. It feels like it makes sense to the narrative being told. So, yeah. um, just wanted to give that warning out there to anybody else who's thinking like, Oh, it's just going to be a violence. Like, yeah, well, there, there's sex stuff, sexual violence to it, but not in a way that could be really, really unwarranted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, if you want something really like that, then I'd recommend this. It's fine. Shutter, you said? It's on Shutter, yeah. Okay. I mean, it sounds good. I mean, it is. It's a, it's a well-made, very, very intense, gross, violent, uh, you know, zombie movie. So, hmm. yeah. Well, did I say that I watched a movie called The Twin? You did. Oh, um, you know, I can't remember if you said that here or on Twitter, um, but I remembered you saying you did not like it. I don't even remember. This is on Shudder, I think, too, right? Because I, I looked at so. the t- I thought I thought it looked like a movie made for me. Is it not? Well, it's so yes, it's I believe it is on Shudder, which made me think of it. And then I I really like Teresa Palmer. Like seriously, I have Teresa like, well- Palmer is the one who looks like. Um, who I, th- oh, oh, she, to me, looks like both um, the girl who is not Kristen Stewart, but looks like a tall Kristen Stewart. Maybe not. I, I could see that. Teresa Palmer was in the the really sweet zombie movie, Warm Bodies, and she's I also on that series, Discovery of Witches, if you've okay. ever seen that go by. Who, who am I, I thinking of? I'm thinking of um uh, uh, the girl who was in Maze Runner, who is not Kristen Stewart, but I think oh, looks like Kristen Stewart. Oh, I can't really say Kate her name. Scaff- Kayla yeah something something. long something okay who I love I think she's tremendous I think she's a better actress than Teresa Palmer but that's not what we're here to talk about I so I will watch pretty much anything with Teresa Palmer and I watched a terrible movie called 222 with her and that hot guy from the haunting of hill house um I I'm a sucker so I really thought that this was going to be a fucking home run for me Mm. I don't even remember it oh man um I think it looks like I gave it two stars on um, on Letterboxd. For two the twins? Half, Was it like two because it's twins? Yes. One star mm. for each twin. Nice. I don't remember anything about it. And that's really bad. Yeah. That happens, there was, though. There was another movie recently, and I think I did mention it, where it was it starred the woman that plays um, Laurie's granddaughter in the new Halloween movie. Oh, uh, the son, son. Yeah, yeah. That's another movie that Zach tried to talk to me about it the other day, and I, I dumped <laughs> it out of my brain. I was like, "Did we watch that?" I had to go and look to make yeah. sure. No, that's a movie that is very forgettable because it, it, it's a, it's a premise that isn't that unusual. But like, you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this could be executed well," and it's just makes so many mistakes, but not like it doesn't have to make mistakes. That I can see why that would be one that you'd forget. Yeah, I just I'm I'm it's I'm still watching a lot of movies. I'm dumping a lot more than mm. I used to, I think. I'm just like, don't oh, don't remember that, erasing oh. it from my brain. And unfortunately, uh the twin landed there. So if somebody sees the twin and really <laughs> likes it, I would love to know why because mm. I wa- I always want to like movies, especially Same. like 
horror movies, especially horror movies with people I like in them. Yeah, no, I'm 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 gonna give it a go because I'm just intrigued enough that I'll watch it. I also I like Twin Things. And I do too. On that note, let me give you a perfect segue to another Twin movie with an actress I really like that was a horror movie that on paper seemed like it would have been perfect. And everybody said it wasn't good, but but Pollyanna me says, no, it might be good. I don't know. Maybe everybody is just wrong. God damn it. Why can't Natalie Dormer find a good project that isn't Game of Thrones? Because the forest? Awful. Fuck, it's bad. I, Man. I, I watched it because it seemed like it was going to be amazing. Yeah, it seemed like everybody was wrong. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. You have a great nope. actress in this movie. And, and it's a cool concept. And it's a scary place. Why not? Also, why is this movie so racist, Christine? Very. My God, I uh, there are really sushi jokes like in a in a movie, in a in a, a, a decently budgeted American movie made in the 2010s, and there is a joke about how sushi is weird. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So it's not on my letterbox, so I obviously watched it before I started really keeping track. I gave it a really low score when I was scoring it elsewhere. And looking at it now, people that I, you know, you know how on letterbox it shows you uh, your friends also. Mm-hmm. But, so I have somebody that gave it one star and somebody that gave it two stars. So nobody, no. nobody really liked this movie, it seems. It, oh, man, like, it's so frustrating because this is one of those things on paper that you're like, yeah, this this should be decent. And oh, it yeah, is, the premise is oh, amazing. It is executed so poorly. And again, you're like, and it's really racist. And that's fucking weird. Yeah. <sighs> so when I when I searched for The Forest, you know what else came up? Into the Forest, which is a very good movie. If anybody wants a forest movie, Into watch the Forest. Into is... the Forest is the we covered it, I think. It's the Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, I thought it was movie. I always think that's Into the Green for some reason. That's such a good movie. I kind of want to rewatch it, know, looking at the so cast. Yeah. But that's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, watch that one instead. It's not racist that I can remember. I don't know. think it was. I don't remember it being racist. And there was sexual violence in it, but it was really believable. Yeah, like, it was handled the... the way if you have to have that in your movie, you handle it a certain way. I don't know. I didn't like that that forest movie. And no. I even I remember watching the trailer even after I saw that people were, it wasn't working. And I watched the trailer and I was like, but the setup is so yeah. She's great. No, she, she's really great. I and I think I did lament like, when am I going to see her in something like worthy of her? Yeah, you know what? She's an actress that I cast a lot when I read. We mm. talked a little bit about how we do that. Like, and for me, I always yeah. just go to pull actors, and she's one that whenever it is like an act, like a character in that age range, just because I think she has can bring a lot into something, and yet just apparently not in films because she's never getting a good part. No, she's got a good face and she she's does got, yeah she's got a lot of uh, like pathos like yes, i don't know yes. she's, it's the she's really and, yeah. easy to look at and mm-hmm. like you you kind of there's like a charm to her that is very relatable yep. very easily and it 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 stands to reason that if you were to put her in a mild amount of peril you the viewer would really root for her yeah. so it's really good casting but then to not do anything right, with then it to is make it a terrible movie it doesn't it's help. The, yeah. It's, it's really a bad. problem. I'm sorry that it's you okay. didn't like it, but no, I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, I do have another Game of Thrones alumnus horror movie that I might as well throw out while I'm on oh, the subject. Uh, another one that you recommended that you enjoyed. <gasps> Is it The Falling? 
No. <laughs> or whatever it's called. Go ahead. No, it is a the movie, though. It's a the movie with another Game of Thrones actress. Okay. Uh, and this is... The Honeymoon? The... No. We, we did Honeymoon not I know. too long ago. I just... I'm trying it's to It's another Game of Thrones actress. There's a lot of them, aren't there? <laughs> this would be the Arya Stark one, The Owners. Oh, I thought that was okay, but that's another movie that I don't remember ever. I can see that. It, um... It's 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 not it it hasn't a really cool twist and then after that is revealed it doesn't do then much it's nothing. after that yeah mm, yeah it's a shame she's really she's I great. love her yeah I know she's great yeah so I didn't watch Game of Thrones and I will never watch it but uh, every every actress that came from that fucking show I love whoever yeah. did the initial casting on that show magnificent Bravo. yeah. Uh, I agree completely, and and it's and and that was the thing that ultimately was so disappointing about Game of Thrones was that they, as somebody who read the books, like it was so satisfying and fulfilling to see like, oh, they managed to to do this. They managed to cast well, and sure, here and there there was like a, a decision that changed a lot of the nature of the character and so on, but it's fine. So then to have these very developed interesting women who then in the last season um just it just goes to hell and we just reduce one of the main characters to the ridiculous thing then yes but um yeah you shouldn't watch game of thrones i don't think no no and Uh, then they just came now they're talking about the prequel or whatever yeah because everything gets a prequel christine and and there was that statement about how like there's not going to be a lot of sex in it, but there is going to be a lot of rape because that's accurate for the time period. Oh, goodness. I did not hear that. Um, it was, I mean, that might be a reductive take on what was said, but that that's how I read it. And that's how I think a lot of people read it. And I was just like, you guys really just don't want me to watch this movie. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, now I need, to, I need to look up exactly what was said about that because that um, <laughs> we won't have a lot of sex. We're just going to have a lot of rape. Might be the most um how do i say it the most 2022 swing of oh that actually is appropriate for um for our pop culture time at this this point in time you know what i mean i don't look i don't get it but like somebody somebody said that and thought it was okay so so maybe i'm (laughs) okay i will say so i just googled house of the dragon less sex more rape and, um, I mean, they did, a, a New York Post article comes up, and let me just see where they say, uh, you can't ignore the violence that was perpetrated on women by men in that time. It shouldn't be downplayed, and, sh- and it shouldn't be glorified. Yeah, it sounds like we're having less sex, more rape. Okay, then. Sure. Why not? I don't, Great. I don't know. But, like, it's, it almost, that Game of Thrones thing, I don't want to derail too much, but it really felt like it was for me. And then every time I read something about it or heard mm. somebody talk about it, I went, this is not for me. It's- yeah, it was, oh man. And it, it's just so upsetting because it, it was for a while and it, but it wasn't like if it's, it's kind of, I mean, in many ways it, it's like the Joss Whedon universe where yeah. you look back and you're like, yeah, like, no, you have to understand how important this was and how great it was and all this. And then you watch it with eyes today and you're like, oh yeah, this, this was had a certain view of women and putting them in boxes and oh look we have the same type of woman in every property he does and it's the same arcs and punish for sexuality and this and that and it's similar to game of thrones where Mm -hmm. there were some kick-ass things about it but also it you know as soon as you started talking about it every week and because it was a show that people did 
it meant you couldn't not face the fact that, gee, it is really weird that we haven't had any penises, but yet we have, you know, um, sex workers being like just thrown in front of the camera every week. Oh, and apparently they're not really treated that well on set. Oh, and apparently like, oh, and now we're just going to kill this one character that was supposed to be a line throughout the show. And yeah, that's a a really good point. I have seen nothing talking about how much specifically the actresses. I'm sure there are good actors that came from that, but I already like Charles Dance. So that doesn't count. But especially the actresses, many of which were were pretty young at the start of this series, hearing how a lot of them were treated and like, like they're coping during it is really weird. Like they shouldn't have had to have all these coping mechanisms in place to deal with making this show. It's very very like, I remember reading like articles about Amelia Clark when she did um, breakfast and Tiffany's on Broadway and how like in that show, there's a scene where she's in a bathtub and how like every single show there would be people wooing and like dudes that clearly snuck in just to see her in a bathtub. Yeah. And at at, like a certain point, like I think by like season three, she basically like changed her contract to say, I'm not doing any more nudity. And other, I think there, I think it was Una Chaplin. Like there was another actress on the show who was like, who kind of publicly talked about that as if it was like a really shitty thing for an actress to do. And it was so like, oh, first of all, then it got icky because you were like, why, why, lady, are you turning on another lady on on this? Like, that's not how to do this. But also that on one hand, like, there is a certain sense to like, okay, if you're going to um, play a character where their sexuality is going to be a big part of it, and very explicitly in the first script, you're going to be nude, you know, you kind of know that going in. So, okay, don't, don't do it if you don't feel comfortable or if you don't want to do that. But at the same time, bless you, um, when you see what happens, when Amelia Clark does that and spends, you know, 20 minutes of a season naked and then has to hear about it in every yeah, fucking interview sure. she does and every role she takes from that point on and every write-up just becomes a question of, oh, so is she, is she going to get naked in this one too? And just how, like, just how insulting and humiliating and debilitating that is to an actor who's like, I don't know, you're not asking that about charles dance like for sure it does suck it's bullshit and it 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 does kind of change it something that maybe you were fine with like theoretically then once it happens maybe you're not so fine with it anymore like i i would never begrudge an actress's willingness or unwillingness to do nude scenes to do sex scenes to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. on camera like that like but like you i could totally understand somebody that was kind of up for it realizing oh shit maybe this was a terrible mistake because you kind of do underestimate how terrible people can be especially on the internet yeah and a show like that that had such an online following and discourse Mm -hmm. where you couldn't escape it and Mm -hmm. everything after it i know lena hetty did i think something similar where she at one point also in her contract was no and they used body doubles and she was fairly public about it and good for her it's you know it's her choice at that point you don't need that kind of heat you don't need people treating you it's again totally get it be naked all the time everywhere but also sometimes the way that you you aren't you are only in control of your part of it there is a big other part of it you are not in control of and i completely understand not wanting to open that can of worms yeah yeah oh those girls (sighs) i love them they're the, they're great. Do you have any more Game of Thrones related horror movies on I, your list? I did rewatch Judge Dredd, but that's, ah, we don't need nice. to talk about that. I just really <laughs> like them. I like that movie a lot. And it's fun. If if people still haven't seen it, I can't 
I can't oh, it's just Dread, though, enough. isn't it? Isn't it just? Oh yeah, right. Sorry. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could rewatch Judge Dread too if you wanted your Stallone fix, but you could. I watched Demolition Man, and I was ah, just kind of like, "This is all right." <laughs> um, let me see. I have a few more horror. Uh, okay. Oh, another one that kind of everybody talked about. That one that I I wanted to like it more than I did. Um, I think you saw this, Freaky. Yeah, I didn't love it. I also have a big problem with Vince Vaughn. Same. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, like a, he's a like terrible, a, pretty terrible human being. And accounts. I can't distance it because I never really thought he was that charming or funny. And then when Same. you find out that he's not the best, it's right. very easy to just be like, well, I, I throw the whole man out. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. And in a I movie do... where he's supposed to be really the charm of it, yep. it makes it hard. Yeah. So that's Catherine Newton, right? Yeah. Who's fabulous. So... I would lay down on train tracks for her. Mm -hmm. Ever since Paranormal Activity 4, I've been a massive fan of that sweet girl. She's great in it. Yes. But, like, I don't feel compelled to rewatch it. It it didn't do much for me. And I really like – it's um, Christopher <laughs> Landon, um, who I, is Michael Landon's son, apparently. I did not know that. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, how about that? That's interesting. Yeah, uh, he and he did the Happy Death Day movies, which I yep. adore. I I love both of them to death. And this is definitely like you can tell it's the same director. It is the same voice. It is the same style. And it just it I yeah I I really sat down to watch it, excited to finally watch it. And then it was one of those morning before work two day watches where like the next morning I was like yeah I guess I'll finish this now. Like, yeah. you know, I just really didn't watch with much enthusiasm. So, I mean, it's fine, but, you know. Um, I have a few more horror. Do you have a few more? Um, I guess this could qualify. I I only, I, this is a rewatch for me, but I do want to bring it up. Um, I rewatched um, Red Eye recently. Still have not seen Red Eye. I saw it in the theater in, back in t 2005. I did not God. like it at all. I was very disappointed and I hated it. Um, I've subsequently rewatched it a couple times, I think, and I just really like it now. I think you it's like a really plain good movie. movies a lot, right? I do like yeah. plain movies. I think I like any movie where you're kind of stuck somewhere. Yeah, it's it's a good. I mean, it's a good gimmick, if you will. For sure. And in this one, I I thought that this was underwhelming and kind of boring, mm. but that was again like 15 years ago. Me thought that. Sure. But. It, it is Rachel McAdams is very good in it. Everybody's very good in it. And when you watch it now, kind of with your expectations in the right place, hmm. it's it's actually a great movie about like a woman being terrorized mm, and yeah. like a really good one where she has agency and she's present and it, it stands up to the rest of Wes Craven's filmography in my yes. opinion and but I, I haven't seen like a resurgence yet i'm still waiting for yeah. people to start saying like you know what's actually really good because i think it is i feel like it has a general positive rating today if you whenever i hear it come up it's usually in a positive light but um it has not had a giant momentum of everybody's rewatching red eye right now it was on hulu for a while uh which is when i real like i think i pointed out to brandon that i'd never seen it. he's like oh we need to watch it it's good and then it went off it is now it's on hbo max now so maybe i'll oh maybe I'll finally give yeah it, it, it i i liked it you know i think you know your your satisfaction might vary anybody might be like well i don't this is born this is but i i think i've mentioned this before as we get further and further from the way we used to make films yeah i am 
I am finding that some films that I thought maybe weren't that great in comparison to mm-hmm. what we see now are actually modern masterpieces. <laughs> and I think that Red Eye is close. It's like, wow, this is shockingly good, well acted, well cast. And an hour and 25 minutes. For real. It's tight, too. And that's because it's, I mean, after a while, they do get off the plane, spoiler. But I mean, you can see it's a plane movie. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't overstay its welcome because with those kind of single location type of premises you can really get repetitive and like like let's let's get off the plane please yeah smart all right let's see i have um a cup okay most of my next few are movies that very few people have heard of because they're just random things that i found streaming in different places hit me all right here's one that um let me give you the cast first this cast peter stormare Mm -hmm. um jesse metcalf the yep. girl from Undeclared, yep, and the uh, the lady who I who from Nikki of Nikki and Paolo from Lost, who is also um, in a perfect yep. getaway. I forget yep. her actress's name, but I love her. This is a movie I was streaming on. I think it was Amazon Prime, In Sanitarium. Oh, uh, early 2005 or something like that. It is a, this movie. Now I'll say this movie starts and I'm, and I thought it was going to be terrible and I got really excited because it opens with narration by Jesse Metcalf, who is not the kind of actor that you want to like be narrating your movie. And um, it's his sister has, is checked into an, uh, an institution and he like, they won't let him see her. So he decides he is going to fake being crazy. So he gets admitted to the same institution and then they can leave together. But of course it turns out, and like all of this is very exposition heavy and I'm thinking, Oh, this is going to be really bad. And then it's like, not that bad. Um, Oh, Armin Shimmerman, uh, the principal oh, from Buffy. Fun. So yep. it turns out Peter Stramare is doing experiments on the people in this. Oh, oh, what's her name? Um, oh, what's that actress's name from Magic Mike, who's always in the news for being kind of a jerk to bloggers? Olivia. Munn? Oh, Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn. Yeah. Yeah. Like crazy weird cast. We were like, well, that's a lot of before they were kind of famous people in this movie. Um, so there is basically Peter Stramare is turning. Um, or inmates are they inmates like they're they're committed some of them are criminals some of them are are just have mental things for different reasons uh but they're turning to zombies sort of kind of i don't know um yeah it's it's okay it gets very uh there's some good violence there's some some decent action scenes of running away from crazy people and having to beat off a whole lot of them it's one of those movies where very quickly everybody is a really good zombie fighter. Um, oh, yeah. It's also a movie that has a really weird scene that I do not understand if it was rape or violent sex. Um, I cannot figure it out. I don't know why it is in the movie. It's a really odd choice. Um, very dumb choice for a movie like this to make, but uh, I don't know. It's there. So not really selling it. It's not very good, but it wasn't no, as bad it as I wanted very it good. to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a few more not that great, but um, not terrible that are a little better uh one was on hulu so it's called the resort uh, oh wait did i see the resort um not resort with a z not the zombie resort one well i liked resort with i love the resort with a z are you kidding <laughs> it was a zombie theme park movie which i have been talking about for 20 years i thought it was good people are wrong if they don't like they're it. totally wrong yeah it was jurassic um, it was jurassic world with zombies it was great it was good i yeah. don't know what people yeah. expected they were wrong and it had Doug Ray scott in it like yeah no and it, it was, had everything resort the, 
was yeah. this super low budget like super really low, budget? low budget yes this movie tricked me and i think mm. last year this was my lowest rated movie <gasps> on letterboxd oh, oh wow um this is one okay talk about movies that leave your head because I'm, yeah. I'm like already forgetting things. The thing, weirdly enough, the only thing I'm remembering about this movie, well, there's two things. One is that it's like filmed in Hawaii and looks really pretty because it's filmed in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. The other is that the characters, and this is true of this movie and then another one I watched that had kind of a similar setup, were so specifically types that it was like, no, you can't tell me this woman's name is Michelle. I'm just going to call her insta model like they, they were they, so intense they were, ca- they were caricatures not characters. yeah yeah, yeah like, what was, this was a ghost right it was a ghost movie i, well, I don't even remember this is a big My ass goodness. i can't remember that it's gone it's totally gone yeah so not a recommend no um i'll say a movie that would make a good double with it in a way of like i don't know why you would ever think you needed to watch uh, another one of these movies but this one i think was slightly better and also did the thing where like it has five characters that it specifically keeps calling millennials which is very funny because the character calling the millennials is also clearly a millennial yeah um so it's where like millennial becomes a slang term for like superficial as opposed to age bracket. Yeah, which is not my favorite. No, same. This is the Canyonlands, um, Amazon Prime, super low budget, uh, filmed in like Utah in the canyons, which is like cool, right? Great Very set, cool. beautiful. Cool. Show me just sunny, sprawling cliffs that you can't get through, that you're gonna die of starvation, all that. Great. Um, you know it's really great if you have that setting. What and you're telling a horror movie, like you know, what's really scary about that not lighting it at all. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because you shoot at night and you can't yep. see anything, and you think, Why did she bring the camera all the way out here when I can't see anything? Can't see That's anything. Kind of yeah. Um, that being said, I'll give this movie credit because I, I will remember the villain in this movie because it's the ghost of a prospector. Oh, well, that's fun. That's something, right? Yeah. Why not? Um, it's not very good, but it's better than the resort. I'll say. No. Oh, well, that doesn't seem tough. No, no, no. All right. Um, all right. I have three more in the horror genre. Do you have more in the horror genre? I have a few, but Ooh. can we take a moment to take a break? Of course we can. Let's Thank do you. that. Yeah. It's a privilege to be. Water's worth its weight in gold these days. No more bathrooms like in olden days. You come here and pay a fee for the privilege to pee. Twenty years we've had the drought and our reservoirs have all dried up. I take my baths now in a coffee cup. I boil what's left of it for tea and it's a privilege to pee. Now a little lighter, Christine. Yes. You have another horror movie for me. Um, I'm trying to see if I have, oh, okay, yes, this is a new one, because I have a lot of rewatches, and I don't know how many times we can talk about 1408, but, um, one day I'll watch it. I love, I love this movie now, I love 1408 now, just so everybody knows, I've completely come around on it, used to hate it, now think it's amazing, um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. I watched Torn Hearts. I don't know anything about this. Okay, so it's directed by Brea Grant, who I love. Oh, I have heard good things about this. So I... Oh, this is the, the Katie Skull one. It is. 
I think that the story was wild and interesting. I think it had a lot of potential. I was not wild about the product we actually got. Mm, okay. But that being said, I would never dissuade anybody from watching it. Like, if you if it's been on your radar or you love Katie Seagal like I do, you should just watch it because there are worse things to watch. It just, for me, didn't hit the way I was hoping. And I feel like she, I could be wrong about this, but I don't know that she's ever been the lead in a movie. Yeah, you know? not one that I've seen, at least. And and it was great to see her. She just chewing on scenery, yeah. being wild. It was it That was fun. But it just kind of left me, like, feeling a little mm. flat. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah. Um, let me see. I had uh, another... Okay. I'm going to mention a horror movie that... For, the first thing I'm going to say is it was on Tubi. So, okay. I don't know about you, but, like, I like Tubi. I love Tubi. Tubi's great. But also, if I see a horror movie on Tubi, my standards are going to be... A new movie on Tubi. My standards are going to be in, really low. So, a movie doesn't yeah, have to work sure. that hard to impress me. Um, and I, I just picked this movie because randomly I see the cab. I'm like, oh, Denise Richards, Misha Barton. Sure, why not? Okay. Um, you know, this sounds interesting enough. It's like five people go on a trip and get lost in the desert. I'm like, all right, yeah, Hills Have Eyes thing. Sure, why not? And then like 20 minutes into it, I realize, holy fucking God, this is a movie about a haunted RV. And they didn't sell it, it that way. What is it called? The Toy Box. Oh, I wouldn't have. No, and that. I did not guess the title and totally didn't know anything about this until, like, at one point they're like, because it's haunted by the soul of a serial killer, and they say we're in his toy box. I did not realize that there was actually a serial killer called the Toy Box Killer until, like, well after I finished the movie. I'm glad I didn't, because I, I don't like when movies do that. I don't really yeah. need true crime mixing. Um, that being said, for a horror movie that is very much about, like, a terrible man who murdered women... It does not do any sexual violence. It doesn't go that route. It, it like, seems like it's going to. The opening montage is, like, you know, photographs of, of women or, like, bodies that are often female bodies, like, mutilated. But then, like, in hindsight, you're like, oh, but, like, they weren't, like, you, if you were really telling that story, you would have given me, like, rougher things. So thank you for not. Let me, let me tell you about this movie. So, again, okay. it's about a haunted RV. <laughs> and it's, like, this family, this kind of extended family, they're in the RV, and, like, you realize, like, they realize at a certain point when the RV, like, veers them off course and suddenly starts playing music on its own, like, oh, my God, the RV is haunted. And uh, so two things. One is that this movie toes a line that is very hard to toe, which is it is a movie about a haunted RV, which is stupid, right? That's a dumb premise. The characters yeah. even acknowledge it. They're like, I guess the RV is haunted. And they're like, no, it can't. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They're like, yeah, but we don't have anything else. To, like, there's no other explanation. They're like, yeah, I guess you're right. I, I will say that any premise can be done well. Completely. Look at Clue. So, I always go to Clue. Yeah. Right? It's so if you tell me that it's a haunted RV, but it's good. Yeah. You know what? Why not? Maybe yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say this movie is good, but it is not terrible. It does this thing where it, the thing is, it knows that it is silly, but it takes itself seriously in a way that is not insulting. Like, it's not an asylum movie. It is not, like, so many movies of this budget, of this type. The fact that it's Misha Barton and Denise Richards, I went into it thinking, like, oh, this is going to be kind of dumb fun. Like, but, like trash, yeah. Yeah, but, like, they're taking it seriously. They're both good in this movie. They're taking their part seriously. Um... And it's also, like, bonkers. I'm a, a mild spoiler, but but it happens, like, within the first half hour. 
there's a little girl in this movie, like Denise Richards has a daughter, she, her, she's blonde, she has pigtails, she's cute. The kid fucking dies, the dog doesn't. Whoa! This trailer, they pull over because the trailer's broken down, they open the door, the dog just runs away, they're like, Bentley, where are you going? We never see Bentley again. The dog is like, fuck it, I'm out of here. The dog lives! The little girl dies, but the dog lives! Right? Like, that's, that's what you know. What a, this is something. What a strange choice. This is something. Yeah. Um, so, it, like, I feel like James and Barb would probably really like this one. Um, James and Angela. Uh, it's, like, it, it, it's dumb. It's pretty dumb. But it has a certain respectability about it. It, it respects itself, is what I'm going to say. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Strange. You can find quality in strange places. Who knew? Who knew that Denise Richards was in a halfway decent movie about a haunted RV? Yeah. yeah who knew? Cool. <sighs> I have two more horror. Do you have any more? Okay. Um, most of them are rewatches, but I'll just quickly and you'd say. you'd like to share of your rewatches? You can Town That Dreaded Sundown. The so original or the remake? Or the, the remi- re- whatever. Uh, what do we call that? Because it's, it's a sequel. It's a... <sighs> So I it? guess Scream would tell me it's a requel. Ugh. But it, sorry, except it, but I don't agree. See, the reason I don't agree with that <laughs> is that I mean, I guess that's, maybe that's the right term. I don't know because I, it's a sequel to the original, but also a, a sequel to actual. Uh, it's Air acknowledging actual it's a sequel to the events of the first film, but a world in which the first film existed. And the first film was based on real events, right? So it's like a meta sequel. Yeah, and yeah. and I've seen it before, and I probably have said I liked it here, but rewatching it, it really stands up. Still, it's good, right? It's really it's, good. Yeah, that's um the uh, writer or the director, I can't remember which one. Um, I think it's Roberto Aguirre Sosa. He uh, worked with Ryan Murphy on some things. Like he was in early, he was on a couple of or wrote a couple of episodes of Glee. Um, he's the guy I think that went on to do Riverdale, right? I think there's a maybe, connection to that. Maybe I'm just looking at his his movies, and it I see Carrie. Oh, that that I feel like everybody people probably tried on that movie and just it probably kept getting taken out of their hands. Yeah, I want to believe But that. this movie is really just to me front to back a solid yeah. original innovative slasher yep. that even you know almost ten years later, eight nice. years later, it still feels that way. Yeah. I really like that movie. I've watched it, I think, twice. Yeah, it's And good. I liked it a lot both times, and good for that movie to do what it does. Yep. Um, I have one, a slasher I never knew about, which is always exciting. And always exciting. Right? And I, normally I find them on Shutter, but this one was on Amazon Prime. Edge of the Axe? Mm, no, I have no okay. idea what this is. Um, it's one of those movies, it's hard to pinpoint the date, because it was like 87, but released in 89, or something like that. This is a weird one. Um, it was a like half Spanish, half American production, so maybe that's why it didn't have the same release as something similar to like The Burning or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, there's an axe murderer going around killing women. Um, very low budget, but not terrible. But also like I forgot sometimes how low our standards were for male protagonists in 80s horror films. For real. Like the dudes in this movie are just awful. Like just actively like one of the guys is introduced. He's an exterminator. But the only reason he has a truck is because he's married to a woman 20 years older than him who's much richer. And the entire movie just talks about how much he hates her. And his friend, who's the hero of the movie, is like, yeah, she's really ugly and old. 
I'm like, wait, I'm supposed to like this guy? And then there's, there's like, they start dating these girls who are, like, like them. And you're like, what? But no, you're pretty. You could do better. You don't have to settle for this. Um, it's weird. It has a crazy twist that is pretty for its time. Is one of those where, like, oh, I didn't know we were doing this back then. That's cool. Uh, there's early internet stuff to it. Which is kind of mm-hmm. neat. You get to see, like, internet in 1989 and what I that was. I do like that. Yeah, that in itself is it makes this... This was fun to watch in that it's really an odd... It's very 80s slasher, but has so many other elements that are making it very unusual and um, kind of stood out in different reasons. So it's if you're a completist, I would definitely watch it. Again, I'm not saying it's good, but it surprises, surprised me a few times. Well, that's always fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just have one more in the horror-ish category. What do you do? You have any more? Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, I watch. I re. I rewatched a lot. Strangers nice. Pray at Night is still a good movie. It's good. It's very good. I was thinking I think- about that because of the other RV movie today. <laughs> That's that's yeah that's an interesting connection. Yeah. I I rewatched it because the Resident Evil television show is uh, on Netflix. Yes, and and he he directed that director directed the new newer Resident Evil movie, the Raccoon City one. Right, right, which you liked. Which I thought was phenomenal, and I still haven't watched it. I don't think it's streaming yet. I don't know that I've seen it streaming. Yeah, I think we rented it right when it was available because like I like. Re- I when I was younger, I was around people that were always playing like the mm, first three yeah. games. So I'm familiar with the first three games, and I've seen all of the movies, the Mila ones, obviously. Yeah. And I really like that franchise, and I just still don't get why people. I guess I do get why people didn't like his. I just think they're wrong. Mm. So I was like, I just watched that. I will watch Pray at Night because I think that that's a tremendous movie. I think that's a tremendous horror film. Yeah. It's so good. It's really good. It is. uh, It just, it um, has so much great suspense in a quick spurt of time. Yeah. And I think you probably were maybe the one that pointed out how visually cool it is. So cool. That it's set in a trailer park, basically. So it just changes your environment in in a way. And that's what I always want out of out of my movies. Just give me something I haven't seen before from a point of view I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And in that case, it's like, no, you, you have not really seen a movie in this setting. And it uses it so well. Yeah, I love, it's similar to like, oh, a plane, I'm on a plane, I'm on exactly. a boat. I, I'm I in like, a haunted RV. I, yeah, I'm, you know, there. it's this isolated, desolate, kind yep. of off-season yeah. cabin type situation. Like, it's just, it's just, there's a lot of opportunity to kind of do cool shit with it. Yep. And I feel like it, it cool shit is done, yeah. and I really do appreciate that. And I think the characters are all great. Agreed. And, yeah, and it's stuff. a great cast. Did you spot our pals in it in the Always. diner scene? Yeah. Always. Um, this is like the third or fourth so time exciting. I watched it. The first time I missed it, but I think the oh. second time I was like, ah, yes, caught yeah, it. Yeah, Andy and Freddy. I think you can see Kat and Kelly. Um, but yes, for those who don't know, it's Night of the Living Podcast. They have a cameo in Strangers Pray at Night. So another yes. reason to like that movie. It's a great movie. And if you don't like it, then I have trouble not judging you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember with that director, Huame something, I forget his last name. Uh, I didn't love 47 Meters Down. 
Um, I did. I know. Um, <laughs> but I, I will watch Resident Evil when it's available to me. Have you watched the TV series? Not yet, no. I, I, I don't currently have... Well, I guess I didn't have Netflix, but I, I re-got it because you got can't it. find Cam anywhere. I... You know what? Netflix... Well, Cam was a Netflix, pro- or it was sold to Netflix, so it's only yeah. streaming on Netflix. So and Netflix like, doesn't let their properties, I think, go anywhere else. I want to buy it. Yeah. That so, like, I was just like, cool, I will just, you know, get Netflix for a, a month to rewatch this. <laughs> so I still have it for, I think, a couple weeks. Maybe I'll probably try to watch Resident Evil before I lose it again. But I've, I've heard I'm, mixed things. I, I think I'm, I'll like it. Yeah, I'm mixed on it. I have one more episode left. I kind of powered through. I kind of had it on the background the last, like, two days. I won't say the background. Like, I've watched it. The I. I watched the first episode last week at the gym. I was excited. I'm like, oh, great. This will be a good gym, like, thing. Like, and I, f- I, was, I was like, ah, oh, okay. This is what we're, okay. I'm not. Now, and I'll say for Resident Evil, I did not play the games. I, I have a weird thing with Resident Evil where, like, it's just not quite the, the style that I'm into because I'm not a big video game person. So when you yeah. try to tell a video game uh, media story, I'm, it's always going to be like a little bit hard to win me over, and I understand yeah. that. And I understand it's not for me. Um, the show grows on you, I would say. Like by a couple of episodes in, I was more into it. I I was into the characters more. I um, I know people have different issues than different defenses of some of the decisions on the characters of like you know you it's split narratives between these like teen girls and then the the woman as, as she is you know 20 years later and like i have no problem with that in theory like i really wanted that to work and it does eventually but the problem is like and the cast is great and lance reddick is amazing and how he never had his own action franchise i don't understand but i'm watching it, i'm like th- these kids are kind of dicks and this goes into both stories this this girl and then woman is responsible for like everybody around her and I'm, this isn't a spoiler to like the big reveal i haven't even gotten to the big reveal yet but every single person this character interacts with kind of dies and it's kind of her fault and mm-hmm. i don't understand if i'm supposed to not see that um so it bothers me a little bit but i don't know i'm i wish i liked it more but i have stuck with it and i'm going to the end so whatever okay that says cool about it. yeah I'll be really I, curious. You might enjoy it more than me. Yeah, may, I mean, maybe. I'm surprising sometimes. But I definitely want to check it out. Anything that divisive, too, is always kind of interesting. Yeah, and I think, because I, I approached it kind of knowing some of the immediate, oh, dudes don't like it because women are the leads, which is bullshit because that's true of the Resident Evil movies as well. Um, but I think it, it does a disservice to itself with the way it starts because it opens on these teenagers who are who are dicks like granted they're you know quickly established as like okay you understand why they're a little sad and all that but like no like when the first thing your characters do is just be asshole teenagers you why would you do that like it just seems like a a decision where you're deliberately um doing something that's that is making it harder when you I, i don't know um so yeah i'm i'm pretty wildly mixed on it but i'd be I'll, I'll wait till it's fully over to kind of know exactly where I stand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, 
All right, I have one more genre e movie, and that is a rewatch for me, a movie I adore. Uh, and I eventually, I don't know when it's coming out, but I think sometime soon I'll be on a projection booth episode on it. And this was The Incredible Shrinking Man from 1956. Ooh, fun. I love this movie. Um, read the book for the first time, and the book is fantastic. It's Richard Matheson, so of course it is. Um, but yeah, this is a movie that I, I grew up watching and always kind of stayed in my head. And it's a good one to kind of revisit every 10 years or so, I think. I think mm-hmm. you see something very different in it at different points in your life. So, yeah, recommend on that. Uh, any more horror on your side? Yeah, that's kind of what I was looking at. Um, no, I think that's it for me. All right, you want to move over to any, you got any action? Well, I rewatched all of the Matrix movies, the original nice. three. Sorry, Very... not the fourth oh, one yet. Okay. Um, love those movies. They're perfect. That's it. I mean, I guess, I guess that's not it. Let me just say this about the Matrix and then I'll move on. I didn't like the Matrix, the first Matrix when I first saw it. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was boring. I then saw the other two at some point and was like, whatever, this is a movie that I, that's not for me. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I watched it and I really, it really can, I really connected with it. Mm-hmm. And this last rewatch, it, it really hit me like how lucky we are because, mm-hmm. because if you are like me and you are right minded and you believe that a trans woman is always a woman and has always been a woman, we are very lucky to have these wild movies yeah. made by women with this, female sensibility yep. with made with million tens of millions no. of dollars as well. they, are, they are love stories yeah. they are beautiful and emotional and interesting and layered but also like like aggressively cool but kind of corny and how like cool they think i don't know i, I just am so happy they exist well and i think what's really because i was similar like i saw matrix in 99 at a party in high school because that's what all the dudes were watching because every if you remember dudes were obsessed with yep. the matrix in 1999 yep. and when the sequels came out they were sold to the to those guys which made sense um so I, I still have actually not seen the sequels. Uh, one day I will. One day I will. Um, but I want to commit to it. So one day I'll get around to it. But I think that was always such a big part of it was Matrix because it was such a success. Right? And it yeah. was a wild success. And those yes. of you who were not around in 1999 need to understand that every single commercial, every single movie, every single TV show had a scene of a character doing the Matrix jump because it was... What is an equivalent to it today? Like, I'm trying to think of anything that had as much pop, like pop culture popularity as The Matrix did in '99. Um, I think you could, going back to our Game of Thrones discussion, you could kind of say something similar to Game of Thrones, although it didn't have a revolutionary visual language right. the way that Matrix did. And also, we were still in '99. There was the internet. I, you yeah. know, and there Early was internet, like yeah. cable channels and stuff, but we didn't have as much of a wide array of media to pick from. Mm-hmm. We still kind of were all seeing the same things, having the same conversations. Yeah. So I don't know if you can really do something equivalent today, like yeah. the Harry Potter movies or the Marvel movies, but that's more of like a zeitgeisty thing and less of a right, right. like changed the way we filmed action scenes. Completely. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And I and it's fascinating because nobody re I, I and I won't say nobody. I'm sure there were 
plenty of people in 99 who saw that movie and said, like, no, there's more going on here than the mass audiences see. And the Wachowskis at the, at the time were, were you know, d- pr- presented as male and every, you know, interview they gave that were not... I don't know, they, they may have, and I, I don't remember, like, reading what they were saying. I'm sure if you actually looked at what they said, they were laying it all out. Um, yeah. And really saying, like, no, this is, we're, we're telling a different story that you're just not getting. Um, but it's it's so interesting that these seemingly very general appeal to, like, hetero dudes actually had a whole lot more to say that it took a lot of time for people to see, oh, oh. yeah. I I think some of that maybe isn't as obvious in the first one. The first one is definitely more of a standard, like, sci-fi action movie. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's one of the reasons why the second and third one don't hit as well for for people. Like, for me, I think the second one is my favorite. I like the second one a lot. And then the third one, I like the second half of the third one. But, But I get people's complaints with it. I just think it's more of like an expectation thing not sure. a quality thing like you expected this to be a different story a different movie a different experience for you and it wasn't but you know what it was a great experience for me so thanks <laughs> there you go because i talk about this a lot with zach when i start rambling about like movies and intended audiences and stuff i don't feel still i don't feel like people are making movies for me yeah very often, especially not wildly budgeted successful. And, and let us say to anybody on the internet wondering why so many people are so excited about the Barbie movie, for me, for that's real. why. <laughs> like, I don't, still don't feel targeted. I Everybody's yeah. like, yeah, wh- everything's, you know, too many women and people of color and other, like, diversity is killing us and there's no room for <laughs> men. And, like, I'm, as a, as a ravenous consumer of media i will tell you you're fucking wrong wrong. i still can't (laughs) you're wrong there's still not i'm not like oh inundated by options there's options and there never used to be that's great there still needs to be more agreed agreed but yeah the matrix movies yeah shockingly (laughs) um i had an action movie i'd never seen that was one that's pretty standard i think for for people amongst our general uh, group uh, Chuck Norris's Invasion USA. I have never seen it. Yeah, uh, I I can't remember how it came up, but I think we so we went through, we lost another cat. Um, so Brandon and I have had you know kind of like rough. It's 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 been sad at these parts, and we wanted something light and dumb. And mm-hmm. um, it was Brandon's idea. He was like, oh, he, he watched it a lot as a kid. It is wildly dumb. Like this, it's a canon movie. Uh, so of course it's dumb. What is fascinating about it it is the story is actually kind of interesting it's some some army at first you think they're russian but i think they're it's more complicated than that but the movie never really explains it decides they're going to invade usa but the way they're going to do it is they're just going to target every like very american thing so it's um you know a shopping mall at christmas and people making out on the beach and a carnival and all that and chuck norris just has i don't think he has any dialogue with anybody in the movie he basically just comes in and shoots and then cut to the next scene of Chuck Norris coming in and shooting. This is a very bad movie, uh, mm-hmm. but it is very dumb and enjoyable in that kind of exceedingly dumb way. So if you've never seen it, I think it's on Amazon Prime. One of those. I mean, I I don't know if this is a movie for me. Probably not. I would stick to The Matrix for you. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I uh, watched Armageddon for the first time and didn't like it. I haven't seen Armageddon since I saw it in the theaters. Yeah, I yeah, never saw it, time I saw it before. Uh, I, 
I don't remember it being particularly good, but... I just, I don't think it was for me then, and I don't think it was yeah. for me now, but I kind of was just like, I think I watched it on Tubi on the 4th of July. I was <laughs> like, I'm just going to put something on. That sounds right. Everything about that sounds right, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I watched one other canon. I, I don't know what I'd categorize it as. I it's, I, I thought it was going to be more horror-ish, but I guess it's more drama action. Dangerously close. Oh. 1986, Albert Pune uh, directing. Uh, it is uh, like this fancy school where you find out that there is this this like vigilante um, little kind of neo-Nazi fascist group of like proud boys who want to keep the school like clean and don't want the poor kids in and all of that. So they've been like being dicks to any of the poor kids or like the punky kids and everything. Mm-hmm. And then sort of there's a murder mystery. There's a couple of before they were famous people in there. There's Tom Matthews, um, Carrie Lowell is in it from Law and Order. And what's funny is in like the first half of the movie, I thought her and this, like the evil character were siblings or step siblings. And then at a certain point I realized, oh no, they're boyfriend, girlfriend, which just oh. made the movie much more interesting to me thinking that they were like step sibling, brother, sister, boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, yeah, this what's odd is that this isn't in some ways a terrible movie. Uh and I expected it to be like laughably kinda eighties canon dumb, but watching it today, like there's a lot to it that kind of feels like no, like they're actually saying something about these very one percent um high school boys who are raised to believe they are the best that w- when they can't handle anybody else com- kind of coming into their space. It, it is not really that nuanced. I think I certainly put more reading into it than maybe was intended at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's odd how it kind of aged in a way where it's a little bit more uh, interesting and, and has more to say than I think anybody probably thought it did in 1986. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Where did you see that? Was that Amazon? That's Amazon said? Prime, baby. Yeah. You you have access to that. I, I don't. Yes, you do. I have it. Remember? we You... You do. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll remind you of that in detail after, because maybe oh, okay. you don't yes. have the password anymore. These but yeah, days. you have access. You have access. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any more action, sci-fi, fantasy? I think Quick and the Dead could be action. Nice. Nice. I had never seen it before. It's been years since I saw that. That was like an HBO late night watch for me. I bet, yeah, it feels that way. I I liked it a lot, actually. Yeah. Um. I there were a, there was a lot to like about it. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's cast is so good. The cast is really great, and this is I don't like Leonardo DiCaprio like at all. Like he will keep me from watching a movie. I feel like he's used really well in that movie, though. Right? This era of, yeah. of Leo, like like Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. Leo, him here. Perfect. Yep. I love it. And I allow myself to be overtaken by it because I think he wasn't awful right then. I didn't dislike him <laughs> right then. And just really, really great. And Sharon Stone is just new, new appreciation for Sharon Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that, that was one that was fun too. Cause when it came out, it was like, they're really Westerns were there was unforgiven. And then a couple of years and then quick in the dead, like you did, it wasn't a big genre thing that people were doing at the time. And because it's Raimi, because it it had a lot written about it at the time of like, oh, look, Sharon Stone is doing something very different. Mm-hmm. I think it was the first film in several years she had done that didn't have a sex scene type thing. Yep. But 
it was good. It was really good. I, nice. I mean, I don't know if that's shocking to many people, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, very nice. Very nice. Um, I don't have any. I have comedies and I have drama left, and then TV. Um, so anything I else? I watched to... Johnny Mnemonic. That's sci-fi. I have never seen Johnny Mnemonic. I it was it was fine. I guess I gave it two and a half stars. I don't oh. know if that's really reflective of of my experience with it or not. Um, but it was fine. Um, uh, Bedazzled, the Brendan Fraser one. That's comedy. That can be a good comedy segue, right? I still can't remember if I've... We, we did the original Bedazzled years ago, and I loved it. Which I don't great. think I've ever seen the Brendan Fraser one. I don't think I... I thought I hadn't either. Yeah, I remember but, it being advertised so much when it came out. But then I watched it. And I went, oh, I think I have seen this, and I hated it, and I didn't like it. So. You didn't like it this time around either? No, it's mm. it's it's not um, it's not good. It's mm. not classy. It's not funny. It's not interesting. It's really not my kind of humor. Elizabeth Hurley is like great and hot but she's not even like used that well mm. i thought and brendan fraser is the best and he's not i don't know it just to me was a failing on all counts yeah it's disappointing i watched we talked briefly about it in the mary riley episode but i watched gods and monsters for the first time okay have you seen this no this is a uh, bill condon took me a second yeah, because yeah. it's about... It's to remember what it was. Right, there was the Frankenstein connection. So it's... Yeah. Um, Ian McKellen is playing James Well, or a version of him, uh, and Brandon Fraser is his, like, pool cleaner, who Ian McKellen kind of... They develop a relationship that is very kind of... Um, uh, I, I mean, it's a friendship, I guess, in the end, but it has a lot else going to it. Uh, it, this was very good. I, I like Bill. Con I feel like Bill Condon is one of those directors that like I would get along with in person because I think him and I appreciate a lot of the same things. He's a musical mm. guy. He's a classic. He's a classic horror guy. Um, and this had that kind of feel where like it felt like oh yeah, I'm watching a movie that was kind of made for me in a way. Uh, it's I, I thought it was great. I mean, Amy McKellen's great and Brendan Fraser. It's I, I for watching it like especially the the end. Like there is a final thing he does in the movie that apparently was his idea to do. And it like ended the movie in such a way that made me smile. And it just made me think like, man, like we, we didn't quite know what we had with Brendan Fraser or what to do with him. And For I know real. that's not a, an overly unique thought. I know there's been, he's kind of having like a little bit of a comeback and Renaissance now, but he was such a particular presence in that time. Um, to have you, so I would recommend you watch this. I, th I think you'd get something out of it. I just read the synopsis of it and kind of scrolled through the cast, and it looks really good. Yeah. It's 98, too, which is my current kind of sweet oh, spot. Oh, perfect, perfect for you. I had forgotten. sweet spot. <laughs> when this came out, I think Ian McKellen maybe had just come out of the closet. It was right around that time. And watching it, I think that's one of the most interesting things is that – it feels you watch it today and it's like oh right this is a a gay man who had to who was out in the 30s who i mean most of hollywood knew he was gay the way he talks about like george cooker and some of the other people in his circle but then in 98 we weren't really seeing movies about gay men by gay men telling those stories in a way that was kind of organic and and right out there mm -hmm. and 
like, it, so it's hard, like, in a way I feel, I'm like, man, like, if I'd watched this in 98, it would have been a really different experience, because this would have felt new to me in a way. Um, but so I think that that's a part of, too, I think, why I appreciate it, is that, like, oh, no, Bill Condon got to make a movie about a gay man by a gay man, um, which I think is was really important at the time. Hmm. I would, I would definitely like to watch it. I'll be curious what you think. Let's see. I have comedy. I have TV. What else do you have? Um, I guess this is kind of a comedy. I watched, I don't think I talked about this, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. The this Nicholas is the Cage Nicholas Cage one? What did you think of it? I've heard good I loved things. It. Did you? Good. Loved it. Okay. I thought it was, I thought everything they did worked really well. I thought it was, it hit what it was wanted. It was very successful. And, nice. and I, and I felt very receptive to it because I think that Nick Cage is this, uh, like, older Nick Cage, mm-hmm. this, this part of his career is something that I can really jive with. I don't know. I, I think I think what he's doing are, is all very good and very watchable and very fun to be a part of. And this is this really taps into that. So nice. it's, it's all very smartly done, too. And you know how sometimes self-aware movies or, like, fourth wall-breaky movies can be a little tough yeah i i didn't i knew people were raving about it but it was one of those i'm like i don't know if that's i feel like that's gonna be one that like is for certain people but not for me but i i thought that too i gave it four and a half out of five nice. stars very nice i if you if you see it if you get an opportunity if you feel inclined mm-hmm. i think it's great because i also think that um pedro pascal is somebody I love, but he's never in anything I want to watch. <laughs> I was going to say, he's great in Game of Thrones. <laughs> but, but I was just like, okay, so finally, something that Pedro's in that I can really dig into. And, nice. and I, I liked it a lot. Very good. Um, I have a pair of comedies that kind of go together, and they're for another podcast that hasn't been recorded yet, so I don't know that I'll say that yet. But um, Josie and the Pussycats and Spice World rewatches oh, for me. Love them, love them both. Uh, what is? I mean, Josie and the Pussycats is a fun, clever, smart movie yeah. that is a satire that is loaded with jokes and is really something that you that aged ages very well. Spice World, I think, is a little bit less, uh, it is less interesting than um, I remember it Be I, I love it. It is it is light. It is frothy. It is fun. Uh, I was also a Spice Girls fan back in the day and still am. So all of that is fine. Like, I think it is, like, fitting to kind of what they represented. And I think both mm-hmm. are very feminist and very age well in that way, too. Um, but Spice World is just a little bit less, it, it could have been smarter. I think it could have been more challenging or done more interesting things and it it doesn't, you know, but it's fine. What's wild, uh, if you ever want to throw up or hate the world, go ahead and read reviews from like 1999 or 1999, 98. Yeah. Go and read reviews from established critics when Spice World came out. Um, my gosh, the way men wrote about that movie, the way they talked about those women, the words they used to describe them, uh, it will, it will make you, if you didn't think that you could like look at a computer and make it blow up with your anger, but you can, if you read reviews of Spice World in 1998. Yeah. Yeah. But. I don't 
doubt that. Uh-huh. I saw, I was very young. I mean, we were, we were young when it came out. Oh yeah, we were sick. It came out, I remember going to see it for my 16th birthday with my older sister because we both enjoyed the Spice Girls. Yeah, I went, I think I saw it with my, my aunt and my cousin, um, like in the theater mm-hmm. and, and I, and I, and I liked it and I still, similar to you, I think it's, it's very good for what it is. It's not, it's objective isn't the same yeah. as Josie and the Pussycats. Exactly. And thus, I believe that that Josie and the Pussycats has stands up to time better yes. um, because it, that was attempting something different, I think. Mm-hmm. But but of course, I mean, there's that terrible Harry Knowles um, uh, review that gets passed around every so often. I think the Blade 3 one yeah. that is just absolutely vulgar and disgusting. Like it was the fucking Wild West, yeah. like like online criticism specifically like not criticism necessarily that's in newspapers those weren't great but either here's the, the worst time. thing like roger ebert's review and like oh my god the variety review is just i mean it the mm-hmm. it, they're like the way this wasn't ebert this was i think variety the way they basically very offensively talk about scary spice um calling ginger spice fat yeah yeah uh, that was a, that was a big one for me because she was my favorite yeah and calling her fat i don't think i mean i don't think people care but like i've often said like when you say this person's <laughs> fat or this person's gross you know that i'm never gonna look like that person so you're yes. essentially saying that i'm a piece of shit and that i don't deserve a space in this world because uh-huh. i'm not hot uh-huh 100 percent. yeah <laughs> exactly yeah so yeah, um, dear anybody out there, like rewatch Spice World. Don't read anything about it because it will really, or yeah. do because again, just remember. I'm not saying things are great now because right now, really, like film criticism is very much a more pocketed world of, like you're saying, you and I do the same thing. I don't go to one site now to read reviews of movies. I look at what my friends are saying who have opinions along the same lines that I do to know if I would like something or not. Yeah. But there's no voice of, of, you know, there's no Roger Ebert. There's no, um, and Ebert was always an interesting person to me because I could wildly review or re- agree or disagree with, with him. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, whew, boy, oh boy, were the nineties rough. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. What else do you have? Uh, so I don't think I talked about this one. I watched and really enjoyed Dinner in America. I don't know what this is. So Dinner in America, I'm trying to get this up. It stars uh, Kyle Gallner, who I we love. We are love. the unofficial Kyle Gallner fan club. He he's also in uh, Red Eye. Just oh, a nice. little bit. He's oh, he must be plane. a baby in that movie. He's like a teenager. Aww. He's very young. It's very cute. It's always nice to see him. Um, that being said, he is uh, very hot, a very hot adult in my opinion. <laughs> I enjoy him quite a bit. I find everything he does perfect and great and wonderful. He's in Scream 4, 5, sorry. Yes, Scream, Scream 5. The new yeah. Scream. Not long enough for my taste. Mm, same, but, same. So this has been going around Dinner in America. A lot of people saw it in festival form. I actually attended a virtual festival that it was at. It was my number one pick movie, and then I missed it because I got the time zones wrong. And I never, and so I've been waiting like a year and a half or two years to see it. So it finally comes out. Um, I, super fan of this movie. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's, it it touched me emotionally. Hmm. That being said, it's a lot of harsh language, um, like a lot 
lot. Like they're dropping the R word a lot. Mm. I believe there's some some F slurs here and there. Maybe uh, it's not a kind movie, okay. but in my opinion, it's all being used um, to tell a very mm-hmm. authentic story. Okay, I, I buy so, it. If you don't, if you're, if you don't like the language and you don't like some of the stuff that happens in it, I completely understand. For me, I believe that that was part of the art that I was ingesting. Okay. But um, the really, it's it's kind of like uh, the girl. It's a love story, which I really like. I like unconventional love stories. I don't think we get them enough. Mm-hmm. But the the main the main female protagonist, uh, I believe, is on the spectrum. Has okay. Some kind of, you know. She she maybe doesn't relate to the world the way that we would normally see in movies, and I believe that uh, Kyle Gallner's character is also autistic, um, but he he kind of approaches it with a lot of anger and violence, which again felt very authentic. And as like a neurodivergent love story mm-hmm. set in like you know kind of shitty middle America, it, I it felt good. I liked it a lot. Um, I'm hesitant to say everyone would like it because, mm-hmm. again, I I also don't like to hear the R word used a lot. But, I mean, I went to school. That's yeah. what kids used to call each other. I watch movies from the 90s. Everybody like, did. So to erase that, like, I don't know. It's a tough subject, but yeah. I, I know where I land. I liked it a lot. I, I, I ordered the Blu-ray of it. I would like to... I'd like to have it forever. Like, I like it that much. But the, I could see other people not. <laughs> the writer-director, Adam Remare, um, I have not seen any of his stuff, but he did a movie that I had heard of uh, that was very controversial. He did The Bunny Game. Did you see mm, that? No. It's like a black and white movie about a um, sex worker. I think it's a horror movie. But, like, I remember when it came out because it was very, like, oh, no, this is I think it was like rated X and all of this, but I had heard like decent things about it, but I, and I'd always meant to check it out out of curiosity, but just an interesting, like he seems like a very intense filmmaker, I guess. Yeah. I didn't, I would never watch that movie. It sounds terrible. Um, (laughs) And maybe it might be, it might not be. I don't know. Maybe if I had seen that movie and then it might've kept me from seeing this movie. Again, I think that if someone told me, oh, this guy is actually awful and you shouldn't like this movie, I would completely believe it and mm-hmm. I would get on board. Just for me right now, sure. with the information I have, I like it. You enjoyed it, Also, yeah. Kyle Gallner is so hot. I cannot express <laughs> this enough. I, again, he's. I don't know why he isn't a bigger star. I agree, because you watched that. Did you watch The Ghosts of War? That Yes, he's great in it. He's, he's great in that. He has never been, not been, whenever he shows up in a movie, even if I don't realize it's him, because he, he has, he's not that striking looking. Like, he's a handsome guy, but he doesn't, his face doesn't jump out at you. So if you put him in a beard, if you put him in a mustache, like, you do things to him, it, I don't always realize it's him. But anytime I, I see a movie with him, I'm always, I'm like, that guy was good. I'm like, oh, of course he was. It was Kyle Golder. Yeah. Yeah. Best thing him. in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. He's so good in so that. So good in that. <sighs> All right, do you have any more movies, or uh, should we just move on to TV? I think that's it. Okay. Um, on TV, I have not not a huge section, but a few that I'll throw out there. So, as you know, um, I am a both fan of the Lifetime Network, and I'm also a fan of V.C. Andrews and her ghostwriter, Andrew Niederman, and the many series of V.C. Andrews. A couple of years ago, Lifetime did uh, Flowers in the Attic, and... Mm-hmm. 
Then they did a couple of very quick uh, sequels, which are all based on the books. And they were of varying quality. Um, the Flowers in the Attic uh, version has Ellen Burstyn giving like an Oscar worthy performance, but the rest of them like were just very quick and very rushed and you could, you know, and they're all based on books that are 400 pages where there's a lot of story to cram in. Um, they recently did, out of, kind of out of nowhere, they've done a, a four part miniseries based on the prequel to Flowers in the Attic, Garden of Shadows, which they have called Flowers in the Attic Origin, um, which I keep my mind calling calling Flowers in the Attic origin, origin of Evil, but that was the movie. <laughs> but anyway, um, and I will say this is pretty decent for what it is, which is an adaptation of a very um, melodramatic source material. The smart thing this is doing is taking its time and giving two hours or with lifetime, with commercials, like probably like 90 minutes to, you know, several giant chunks of this story. And it's you could tell some things are very cheap about it like all of the music is basically um public domain opera that clearly lifetime has a bank of and they just say no just use this one um but it's filmed in this gorgeous mansion that fits the book exactly the it is a more interesting story than a lot of the other vc andrew stories because it is told from the point of view of the grandmother in flowers the attic who starts as a young woman who is not an ingenue and so it's a different type of voice that is telling the story. And these, I, do, I, I don't, I know a lot of people don't actually have cable and these tend to get released on the Lifetime Network. And then if you have like the Lifetime app, you'd watch it there. So I think a lot of people don't know that this is happening, but I'm going to say I'm enjoying it. Oh, well, good. Yeah. 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 It's definitely not my style. Of I get that. It's a lot of people's not style. <laughs> what other TV you got? Um, I don't watch a lot of TV, so I don't have really anything except I did start watching The Bear on on uh, Hulu. Hulu, right? What, yeah. what you thinking about The Bear? It I I this is when everybody whenever anybody has asked me my thoughts, I've made sure I say I really thought this was going to be like prestige television. Mm-hmm. I I don't even know what I mean by that. But I thought it was going to be prestige television and it's, it's really, it's good, but it's very dr- melodramatic, okay. I would say. And I ended up really liking it, but it's not what I expected. It's, um, it's, it's over the top. It's, it's melodrama. It's okay. a lot, but I like all the characters and having, you know, spent a not insignificant time in restaurants, it's mm-hmm. really accurate about a lot of stuff. Do you think I would like? I've been debating. Um, I'm not convinced you would, okay. but I'm hesitant to tell you not to mm-hmm. because I think there's some really interesting characters um, that would be appealing. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll see if it it ends up in my mood. Um, yeah. If you is feel- it funny or is it dramatic? What uh, what vibe am I getting? It's it is humorous at times. I I don't think it goes out of its way to be particularly funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not light. It's very dramatic, very stressful, very intense. Okay. Um, but but I thought it was good. I don't know it. 
it's I've seen people say the subject matter is a little tough because it is about uh, a chef that goes back home to Chicago to run a restaurant after his um, brother uh, ends his life. Right. Oh, so, it's Joe Barenthal, right? Is it the brother thing? I don't. Right? The Punisher? No. 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 I, I, I mean, I if he that. shows up in this, I'm going to okay. be very surprised. I thought I heard, I heard that. I'm, I might just be making shit up now. But the main dude, whose name I can't conjure right now, is very hot and very compelling and very fun to watch. And all the side characters in the kitchen, they're all kitchen archetypes, and it mm-hmm. works really well. And um, I think for me, it's more interesting to see like this this exercise and and translating what it's like to work in sure. a restaurant. Oh yeah, it makes sense. But like I, I don't know. If you if you're bored by it, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, I, I might give it an episode or two. Yeah, I'd say I'd say if you're not in it after uh, two episodes, I'd say you're probably okay. Not gonna... That's good to know. Um, it is. It it. it... It's easier to stop watching a TV show than it is to do that to like a movie or a I book. Um, and also one of those things I I started the I rarely do it with movies just because it seems like I don't know it's an hour and a half how bad can it be? I recently did that though and I was surprised because I uh, was on HBO Max and I watched the um, documentary about Spring Awakening which I enjoyed and I'm like oh musicals what else do they have on here? And they had Dear Evan Hansen and I figured oh let me see like how bad can it be? And I got, like, ten minutes in. I'm like, this is kind of uncomfortable. Like, the movie is trying to... And it's... Like, I knew all the jokes about um, Ben Platt's age and that he looked too old. Uh, But it just... The the camera was so close on his face and it felt like everybody just kept saying he was 17 to make me believe he was 17. Yeah. And I was afraid that by the end of the movie I might believe he was 17. And it just seemed like I needed to abort. I get that. I, I don't think it would be pleasant i would feel like it was unpleasant it was i didn't like it uh you know what's pleasant and i had no idea so i I was home during the week one day this week and usually i have something if i'm working from home i'll put something on in the background that isn't going to take my mind that i can just have on there because i like noise and um nothing was on tv uh until i said okay sci-fi channel has to have something going on right surely they're doing like reruns of oh xena the warrior princess I have I, I have actually never watched an episode of Xena. Have you? Yeah, back in the day, um, I not in a long enough time to really weigh in, but I remember it being it was the good one of those. It's good. Like I won't say it's good because I mean it's it's you know of a certain budget, of a certain type, all of that. But what shocked me was I always assumed it was an excuse for like. And I knew all of the lesbian discourse about it, but I also just assumed, oh, it was the 90s, so I'm sure it's male gazy and all of that. Like, no, these women are athletes and they're fucking warriors and the show is yeah. treating them as such. It's It holds up really well from that point of view. I was shocked. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, it, like, back in the day, if if one was on, like, and you didn't have anything else to watch, that you're lucky when you got that one. Mm. Like, oh, okay, well, I can I can at least hang until something new starts, or I can right, kind right. of half watch this. But um, I haven't looked at it, like, seriously in a very long time. But I know people swear by it. Like, it's it changed a lot of people's lives. Good. It, yeah, and, I, and I get like why. Like, they didn't know women could be that way until yeah. they saw that. Because they are. They are presented in... Like, sure, their midriffs might be showing, but that's because they're wearing 
like athletic clothing where it would make sense. Yeah. Like, and they are not, you know, busty babes drawn by like some horny teenage comics hands. Like they feel like warriors. Like it was when I watched Wonder Woman and it was like, oh, right. You can tell this is made by a, by a woman because it's not, you know, she's not accentuating the body from a male point of view. She's accentuating the muscle and that. And I was shocked that Xena was doing this in the 90s. I had no idea. What a, what a lovely discovery. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, so to everybody out there, you probably told me to watch it years ago. But yeah, watch Xena. Not bad. Good times. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, That's pretty much my TV. Do you have anything else to throw out there? Uh, not really, no. All right, any, any projects you're working on? Yeah, but nothing, nothing. I'll, you know, if you're on the Facebook, I'll put, I'm going to be posting some stuff in the Facebook good, good. soon. Okay. So and don't forget to buy field. Christine's books. Yeah, that would be cool. Oh, I started writing screenplays. Nice. So, because no one cares about my books. So we're, <laughs> let's see if we can get somebody to care about other stuff. All right. Well, everybody show you care by buying Christine's books. I highly oh, recommend thank you. them. They're well, I don't, I don't mean the people that listen to this. Well, I mean, like. People with money world. that can, that can. Uh, produce things for you. Yeah, the people that yeah. you know have sway places. I get it. I get it. But yeah. All right. Um, so we do have. I think I had told you we had talked about bringing back our good pal Fozzie, uh, Jason Fozzie Bear Nelson, to the show for an upcoming episode. And I threw that idea out to him and said, "Hey, do you have movies you want to watch?" And he gave me two suggestions. Would you like to hear them? Yes. All right. They are I Madman. Okay. From 1989. Uh, and Narrow Margin from 1990 with, so Narrow Margin has Gene Ack- Hackman and Ann Archer. I do. I love, I love Gene Hackman. But... I, of course. I have never seen either of these movies. I, I, I have kind of never heard of either. Um, so Narrow Margin, I think is rentable. Um, it's directed by Peter Hyams. I know that name. What did he do? He did, aside from Narrow Margin, he also did Outland, uh, which I think that Sean Connery movie. Oh, it's the guy who did Stay Tuned, which I love. Time I Cop, still... Sudden Death, The Relic. Okay, yeah, okay. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Jason always suggests really good movies. I know. Jason's the reason why we watched Identity somewhat recently. Uh-huh. And, and it really did reignite something very uh, personal for me. Nice, nice. <laughs> so I'm very excited for... Uh, to watch these that i'm probably going to message you and have you remind me what they are i'll i'll take care of that don't worry just like i'm going to message you after with my amazon prime account um, <laughs> yeah, perfect perfect we, we we work well together all right folks so look for those movies in the next couple of weeks we'll be back at some point and that's really all we got until then so have a stay cool wherever you may be yeah, have a stay cool, everybody. Yeah, and I mean that both physically and like emotionally, you know. Yeah, don't get lame. That's get that's lame. ableist language. Don't get away. I don't, don't like get, you. Oh God, what do we say? Don't get not. Don't get. I, 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 man, I know. it's it's hard to use words these days, and that's okay. We just yeah, need to find better ones. We got to find better ones because yeah. I've stopped saying crazy or that's insane. I say it's wild and it's bananas, and I think that my life has gotten better since I said I say wild. What if we just use fruit for everything? That might be a good way of getting around this, I, right? Look, so like, I'm fine with that. Don't be a, what's a really bad like. Don't be an onion. Be an avocado because everybody likes avocados, right? 
I mean, I think we would all maybe need to get on the same page, but I That's like true. where you're going. All right, all right. We'll we'll we'll, we'll workshop it and be back uh, next time to tell you where we ended up. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye, folks. Goodbye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.